For over 5,000 years of documented history, people have been using the cannabis plant as medicine. From ancient Chinese medical journals to the modern-day dispensaries, cannabis and its many medical uses have found their way to every continent on Earth. Today, as the prohibition against this plant is slowly being lifted around the world and our technological capacity grows exponentially, we finally have the opportunity to discover what this plant is truly capable of. Please join me, Matthew Myro, as I speak with the remarkable innovators working at the cutting edge of these discoveries. This is the Edge of Cannabis Medicine. This episode is brought to you by MJ.com and their brand new medical platform that they're rolling out in the San Francisco Bay Area. Have you visited MJ.com? MJ.com is the most trusted information source for all things cannabis. Whether you're a medical marijuana patient looking to find the right doctor or a consumer looking for exclusive savings at your favorite dispensary, MJ.com can bring you your favorite products right to your front door. Or maybe you're just a lover of the cannabis culture looking for the best original articles, interviews, podcasts, and educational information. MJ.com is the number one place to find everything you need. Visit MJ.com today. Hello, beautiful people. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of the Edge of Cannabis Medicine podcast. This is the place to be if you want to know more about cannabis as a medicine. I'm speaking to physicians, clinicians, researchers, cultivators, anybody who is making a big impact in this space with innovation, creativity, and compassion. I'm having them on the show so I can bring their wisdom to you, the listener. And speaking of you guys out there, please reach out to me. Matthew at edgeofcannabismedicine.com is my email. Shoot me a message. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you think of the guests. If you have anybody in mind that you think would be great for me to interview, please connect me to them or let me know their name. I just want to know how to get better, and you guys are the best way for me to learn how to do that so I can keep bringing you quality episode week after week, like this one with Steve Bate. He is a cancer survivor and now also a COVID survivor, and he attributes much of that survival to using cannabis oil, helped him through, helped him recover, and he's currently both cancer and COVID-free. It was a really fun conversation. We laugh a lot. He's a really good guy, and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So please enjoy this episode with Steve Bate. I am Matthew Myro, and this is the Edge of Cannabis Medicine podcast, and today's guest is Steve Bate. Steve spent most of his career in information technology and real estate. However, with a terminal cancer diagnosis, he began using cannabis oil and survived a diagnosis that no one else has survived. He is now the founder and president of Community Cannabis Center in Delray Beach, Florida, and actively works on local, state, federal, and international levels for the awareness of cannabis benefits. Steve, thank you for so much for being on the show. Welcome. Matthew, it's good to hear you. It's good to see you. And it's really good to be on the show. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, great to have you here in good enough health to be able to do it. It's a, it's a pleasure. Well, the, the health ride has been quite interesting. And uh, I'd love to get into that. And uh, 
talk about uh, actually the benefits of cannabis and, and trying to understand the endocannabinoid system, which is a science that we really haven't delved into as we should medicinally. And that's one of the things that uh, you know I had to do personally. And one of the reasons I'm here as far as trying to you know gain that knowledge, understand that knowledge and apply it. And also what we've done at ConCam with my, my partner, uh, Dr. Mitchell Davis and Al Schulman. And Dr. Davis is probably one of the top I'd say five cannabis doctors in the country at this point, based on you know what we've experienced and and how we've experienced with you know well over a thousand true medicinal cannabis patients, with the average age being you know close to seventy years old. Yeah, well let's let's get into that a little bit later. First, I would just if you could share your story with cancer and how you found this uh, amazing survival with cannabis oil. Well, that's real interesting. It's only been three years, actually. Uh, three years ago this month, I was diagnosed with two stage four advanced terminal cancers, uh, mantle cell lymphoma, as well as non-Hodgkin small B-cell lymphoma, which was uh, diagnosed at, at 39% of my bone marrow. So I was at the point where, you know, you know you'd have catastrophic uh, failure of an organ. Uh, my spleen was... Uh, so massively swollen, and uh, there really, uh, you know, wasn't a lot that uh, they could do. As a matter of fact, I was told I was, uh, you know, not treatable. They wanted to put me in an experimental program. Now, having done research on well, cancer, and you know, survival on on what really is the survival. Uh, both of my brothers had also had lymphoma. Eight years earlier, I, had, I did a bone marrow transplant for my brother, Stan, at Johns Hopkins. And knowing what the chemotherapy did for him and my oldest brother, he's gone through three chemotherapies and a stem cell transplant for lymphoma also. So here's three brothers that had lymphoma. And going back to when the bone marrow transplant was going to be done at Johns Hopkins. I went up for my first hematological visit as far as, you know, looking at my blood and, and checking on matches. And I said to them before they took any blood, I said, aren't you one of the top research facilities in the world? My two older brothers have a rare form of lymphoma that seems to be growing. And you've got, you know, we're talking 10 years ago, and lymphoma was a very quick growing cancer. So here's two older brothers, eight and 12 years older than me, that had this rare form of lymphoma. So I said, before we start this to evaluate doing the bone marrow transplant for my brother, wouldn't you want to know if either I'm going to get it or I'm not going to get it based on the fact that you have three brothers, two of which have this? And a third, which is myself, who are still alive. We can do research. So lo and behold, the head of research comes down and uh, says, you know, we've done a lot on breast. We've done a lot on lung cancer. We've done a lot on prostate. We really haven't done much on lymphoma. So, you know, instead of taking, you know, six units of blood, they took 12 or 15, you know, to send all over the place. Uh, you know, so I do, did become a porcupine, so I kind of enlisted for that. But at, at the same time, what was quite interesting is 
seeing how the chemotherapy was treated, it was really taking away the cancer or, or destroying you pretty much and not putting anything back. So what I realized before I went into a chemotherapy that was, you know, probably not expected uh, survival, but even more than that, hey, if I'm going to survive, I want to have a good life. I, you know, I, I don't want to be a vegetable. I don't want to just barely survive. You know, I want to have a quality of life. So the other part of getting chemotherapy seemed that the first thing that, that the patients would experience was like metal dripping off their teeth. It had this metal taste that not only would have the, you know, first you're going to get beaten nauseous, it's going to ruin your taste buds probably forever, and you're going to have that taste. You're never really going to want food or enjoy food. And this isn't something that's really talked a lot about. You know, it's more of the disease itself or, you know, the chemotherapy that would probably kill you more than the disease statistically. So I realized I needed to be able to want food, to have a balanced body where, you know, I could get nutrition. Because if I didn't get nutrition, there's nothing I could do. And that's how I looked at it. So I literally, uh, you know, I went to the, the physician that was going to give me the chemo. And he's like, look, you see five oncologists, they'll give you six opinions because there's really nothing, you know, we could say that's been done that's worked. And, uh, you know, I went through an extensive R-CHOP therapy, uh, you know, it was 12 hours of chemo and uh, the regimens were, were, were extremely intense. But I started taking the Rick Simpson's oil or, or the full extract cannabis oil that uh, actually Rick Simpson had, had taught someone that uh, how to do this uh, years ago. And they'd had many, many patients that had used their strain and their, their particular extract. And uh, so I started that before the chemotherapy and lo and behold, I, and it was funny, I, as I told the doctor, I said, I want to use some cannabis therapy during this. And he looks at me and goes, well, you know, I don't agree with smoking during, you know, the chemo because, you know, it, how it might affect your lungs. I said, well, I'm not talking about smoking. I'm talking about taking an extract in a gelatin capsule and, uh, you know, having, a, a, getting my blood levels up to a point where, uh, you know, I think it could be beneficial getting through the chemotherapy and for survival. Well, I went into chemotherapy hungry. I was not nauseous. I, I was, you know, I walked in there. First of all, you know, it, it, it's a good, you know, you're very depressed when you're told you're terminal and nothing can be done. But you, you can't say that the cannabis isn't a nice mood enhancer as far as if you feel more pleasurable, because usually if you're hungry and you want food, you feel more pleasurable. And, you know, so I would come into the chemotherapy you know, as positive as anybody, you know, an attitude is, you know, a huge part of that. So yeah, if you're down and you're depressed, you don't have any mood enhancement, how do you have a good attitude? And, you know, when you have, when you're happy and you have a good attitude, you want to go out and have a nice meal, right? You know, you want to enjoy the quality of life. And to me, I, you know, quality of life is, is, you know, eating nice, tasting great food, you know, enjoying it with friends, communicating. 
So I literally get into the chemotherapy hungry from the Rick Simpson soil. And they tell me that there is a menu that they give cancer patients if they could, but nobody uses it because part of the hospital where I was had a hotel with room service and they'll deliver free food, you know, room service to the cancer patients that are getting chemo. So I I said, okay, great. Give me the menu. And I ordered like everything on the menu. (laughs) And they said, well, you can only, only order for yourself. Not all the people that are there. I said, I'm sitting in this room by myself getting chemo. You know, that's what I want. They asked if I could take one of the entrees off, which happened. They said, you could take off the hard cooked egg. I said, a hard boiled eggs, an entree. Well, for anybody in your shape, yes, that would be an entree. And, um, you know, it, it was, you know, the best outcome you could possibly have. I know when I finished that chemo, the person that was the infusionist, she said, you know, nobody's ever been diagnosed with what you were diagnosed. Anytime, anywhere, endure what you endured and walked out alive. And I looked at her and I said, yes, and with a smile. And, you know, that was pretty much, you know, what I went through as far as the chemo and, and, and did some maintenance uh, for toxins. And, you know, and that brings us up, you know, closer in time. My diagnosis was, was only three years ago. So this is, is quite recent. And so are you totally free of the cancer at this point? Well, on March 9th of 2020, the PET scan showed no cancer. Just as, the, just as the coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic hit the world. So as I'm diagnosed as cancer-free, but still immune compromised. Yeah, immune compromised. And, and we'll definitely get to that in a bit. But So I imagine that having this experience really opened your eyes to the possibilities of cannabis and the benefits of cannabis. And so is that what moved you in the direction of Community Cannabis Center? Absolutely. I had realized that this was not anecdotal. And this was something so dear to my heart because the criminality of cannabis to this day with Schedule One, which I've been working, you know, in Washington and uh, around the country to try to get Schedule One off the books because it affects everyone because of the states or only states. There's still federal law, which always supersedes. And it also keeps a lot of the scientific data as far as being able to do research. I mean, true research and, you know, with the veterans and, you know, that's really been my crux as far as how can I help people like myself medicinally, the veterans, the senior citizens, you know, the kids uh, that have epilepsy or autism, which is, is quite phenomenal how uh, the endocannabinoids can, uh, you know, certain endocannabinoids and the right combinations can really uh, completely uh, change the whole autistic uh, characteristic. Fascinating. And so what else are you doing there with Dr. Davis? Well, Dr. Davis is, is really... Uh, you know, taking the, the helm as far as understanding cannabis on a, on a medicinal basis. And Dr. Davis's background is, is a researcher. Spent 20 years doing research on hepatitis C, which when they started, there was, you know, a very low survival rate. And uh, he was really a participant in doing the case studies over those 20 years to come up with 
nearly a cure for hepatitis C. And having that kind of background and that kind of knowledge and delving that into cannabis and really taking that as a full-time medicinal occupation and uh, truly understanding from the patients, my gosh, we probably have over a thousand testimonials that are extremely profound as my own. You know, that is huge uh, on, on the forefront of, of not just medicine, but a non-toxic plant-based medicine that's been used for thousands of years that, you know, to me, you look at things as logic and common sense. How can you have more logic and common sense than that? And, uh, you know, that's really what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to push for as far as, you know, dealing with the veterans on opioids. And, you know, I was chairman of the Opioid Awareness Foundation for one, for a main, main reason to be able to use, you know, cannabinoid therapy to get people off of opioids or you have them use less opioids or from overdosing. And you look at the veterans, you know, 22 suicides a day, almost all on, you know, opioids and antidepressants and all 93% statistically from, from what I understood from some surveys are begging for cannabis, but it's not able to be provided. It's prohibited, you know, in part of the VA program. And, you know, in talking to different uh, veterans, administ talking to different veterans administrations, nearly all the veterans are coming in and asking either for a CBD or a medicinal cannabis product as opposed to their opiates, which are free. And, uh, you know, which is a whole, you know, another reason to stop exploiting something and, and have, you know, economic basis, you know, where's, uh, you know, cannabis for people that can't afford it like a lot of the veterans and being able to have it as part of an insurance program. That's where it all needs to be driven. You know, and I'd love to be in the forefront of doing that. And, uh, you know, I really have been as far as, as personally, I think what's going on with COVID-19, we can discuss that as well, has opened quite a few eyes uh, as well. Yeah. Let's dive right into that. If you don't mind sharing your experience with COVID as well. well. Yeah. So, so, okay. So March 19th, I, I get, uh, you know, a cancer-free uh, PET scan and uh, April 1st, I get a positive for coronavirus and uh, happened to be in Connecticut. And I've been going through that and I've had, you know, three positive tests, two negative tests. Uh, you know, I met with the, uh, infectious disease doctor yesterday he said, you know, I definitely don't have it. I'm not contagious. That's great. But we know so little about Corona and, uh, you know, it turned into pneumonia. Uh, I was in the hospital twice. And what was really scary is that, you know, you go in the hospital, if you test positive for Corona, they want to take you to the Corona floor and leave you there. I had pneumonia. I, you know, I've gotten compromised from the, the two previous cancers that are quite recent that, you know, I've been working you know, as hard as I could to stay physically fit and healthy as possible to move forward. And, you know, here comes Corona. So one of the things I, I you know, in going back to uh, what happened with doing chemotherapy, which, you know, ravages your body, well, coronavirus ravages your body. But again, uh, and just a recent study uh, proved it. What do CBDs, what are the CBGs, what, what do you know, the cannabinoids do, they reduce inflammation. I mean, you know, the THC has other effects. Uh, there's 120 different medicinal 
extractions that really haven't been you know explored scientifically and medicinally but within those the inflammations as far as inflammation of the lungs you know I'm not, and I'm not talking about smoking I mean you know the, the tinctures you know the, you know what I did you in a gelatin capsule or, or whatever but they found that some of the cannabinoids from some strains, and this was just a study in Canada, which came out, was published pretty much you know, everywhere, that the uh, cannabinoids blocked part of the coronavirus. And, uh, well, what is the coronavirus? It's an inflammation in the respiratory system through, through a virus. And, you know, where, the, where does that start? In the esophagus. So if you can keep the inflammation down from the esophagus and the lungs, which, you know, CBDs, the, you know, CBGs, the, you know, the extractions, cannabinoids do that. And uh, it was diagnostically proved that it, it helped in the coronavirus. So anyway, ha- having, having, having the coronavirus going through six weeks of fevers going from like literally, because I have a low body temperature after the chemos, going from a 95.2 to 104.2 in the course of a few hours, just crazy. And I'll tell you, and in my own little experiment, I'm like, here I am. How long is this going to go on for? I did take, you know, I think antibiotics, everything else was prescribed, but I did take the Rick Simpson's oil and notice an hour and a half later, I kind of got out of bed, felt better, ate something. And uh, I'm like, wow, here we go again. You know, so case in point, so, you know, our entire discussion, Matthew, is, you know, what are the benefits? Uh, you know, what do you get from the endocannabinoids that match the endocannabinoid system in the body? How do you dissect that? How do you put the points together and use it as a plant-based medicinal therapy that's non-toxic and, and you know, not invasive? That's for sure. All right. Yeah. And I, I just want to go back to that study that you're citing. And, and from what I understood is that the two ACE receptors that we have within our body are the receptors that the coronavirus would attach themselves to. And for whatever reason, they found like it was a basically a one-to-one kind of THC to CBD ratio that they were working with. And that ratio seemed to block those two ACE receptors and not even allow the coronavirus to come in and attach itself. So it's a, obviously it's very, very nascent sort of research, but it's uh, it's promising and really, really fascinating to, to see that cannabis not only was a essential business during this pandemic, but it could have also been a cure during this pandemic or at least a preventative measure for this. So um, do you care to talk just a little bit more about what kind of uh, what kind of the symptoms that the cannabis oil was leaving for you during COVID? Well, for one, my lungs felt better. I mean, I, I felt like I was breathing better. Uh, you know, as uh, you know, taking the oil and um, you know, I'd have sit and have steam, and uh, I actually put a little oil with the steam, you know, with the water. But it just seemed that for one, I was more aware. Uh, I was more enlightened. I was uh, not as depressed, that's for sure. But the thing with coronavirus also, like I said, I'd lay in bed and maybe I, t- and I took the Rick Simpson's and I got up. I did things. What we're also finding is that you have to move your lungs. You can't sit in a rocking chair or lay in bed 
and get cured with the coronavirus. You have to get out. So quite honestly, when I took that, I actually took some bike rides, took some really nice walks, you know, obviously isolated from everyone, but moving your lungs, uh, being able to, uh, you know, get the expansion and contraction. And when you have inflammation, you can't do that as well, right? Okay, when, as you said, you know, the inflammation, I guess being diminished gives you more uh, breathing room, let's say. But I, it really got me up and I actually you know, rode a bike and uh, did some walking. I'm not very far, like around, just around the block, but, but just to do that and wanting to do that, wanting to, you know, smell the outdoors, you know, that's all another thing, you know, you know it's nice to uh, get back to nature when something that you got from nature, uh, you know, brought you out there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that you're you're doing better. I know it was touch and go there for quite a while. And so 104.2 temperature and uh, pneumonia uh, was pretty tough. I'll tell you that. And that was just a couple of weeks ago, actually. Because yeah, I wanted to do the show, but I didn't want to do the show in uh, you know, dire straits. Let's say that I'd rather be able to articulate a little bit better. You know, it, it, it makes you pretty delirious. I have fever for like six weeks. But, uh, hey, you know, maybe it just makes you stronger. You never know. You've got to be. Yeah. Sure. Right. sure. Well, you know, to keep seeing you smile is such a, such a great <laughs> blessing. So now that you're feeling better, what's, what's on the table for you? What kind of work are you getting into? In Talking to industry? you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great. Oh, I mean, with the center and, and all that, and, and some of your activism work at a federal level, like where, where well, do you it's see to, you know, yourself going? We have to do some social distancing, especially me. I think, you know, I scared people to death. You know, you have Corona. I mean, my God, you know, <laughs> you just can't get out and lobby and do the things that, that you want to do in the same way. But uh, hey, we can share that what we've discussed with with the powers to be. Use the Zoom; it's fine with me. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll send this to the powers that be. I think people need to listen to to what you and I had to say or what, you know, I had to say on, on this show because, uh, you know, I've been pretty pent up uh, wanting to be able to uh, communicate and articulate uh, you know, what's going on. Uh, the uh, ComCan has been, has been busy. You know, it's essential business, but I, I think everybody realizes the benefits. And our clientele, are, 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 as I said, you know, referred by doctors, uh, referred by people that are, you know, senior citizens in a lot of cases. But we do have some, uh, you know, autistic patients and epileptic patients that it's amazing, you know, seeing the turnaround of someone coming in, you know, that's been, you know, extremely autistic, pretty much in the room and not communicative for 15 years. And then, you know, a few months later, a few weeks later, come walking in and, hi, how are you guys? Hi, Dr. Davis, how are you today? And just, it just blows you away. It, it really does. And, you know, understanding the extractions that uh, are in, you know, the, the cannabis plant. Uh, you know, I know Eli Lilly was, you know, focusing on that back in the 1890s. And, you know, due to the laws and the tax acts and uh, the prohibition of cannabis, essentially, it hasn't been able to be studied. It's been pretty much you know, self-medicating it in, in a way. I mean, it, that's why we have our office. That's why Compan exists, because it had been self-medicating and people wouldn't talk about it. Even surveys of, of patients that use cannabis said, would you tell your, your family doctor that you used it? And less than half said they would. 
And, you know, that, that's pretty scary, you know, when you think about it and not re- being able to, to be open. And, and that's why this schedule one is just really bothering me. And, you know, I intend to, uh, to get that changed. You know, I think there should be insurance, uh, you know, payments depending on, on the medicinal ailment. I think, you know, it's gone, it's been gone about all the wrong way. So let's do it the right way. And uh, that's, that's my focus. And what do I want to gain from this? Where do I want to go from here other than talking to you, Matthew, and, uh, you know, being able to uh, communicate uh, my own personal experiences, but uh, being able to do what I've set out to do, and that is get rid of Schedule 1 and being able to do the right scientific research and something that is, you know, non-toxic, not addictive and definitely not lethal. Nobody's ever died from cannabis. And uh, that was my focus with what's going on with opioid addiction or dependency and how cannabis can truly get people off that, which has been proven with you know, a great Canadian study with you know, a thousand opioid dependents, 97% reduced, 56% completely got off, but without withdrawals. That's, that's the interesting thing where, you know, they didn't have as much of an interest in physical opioid addiction, you know, need or craving or whatever. And they got, they got off those 56% and stayed off for six months in the study. So, and that was a very low THC amount. It was really more the endocannabinoids uh, from the full spectrum and from the plant. Yeah, we'd have to, you know, identify what components, but it was only about a four to five percent THC component of, of what we use. So it wasn't, you know, if people would say, oh, you get them high to, to get them off of the getting high. No, it's a total exit therapy and, you know, exit medicine. And, uh, you know, it really works and, uh, and they're not going to OD on marijuana. And, they, and, and, and you know what? It, it's interesting. And I work with uh, General Scott, who's phenomenal. You know, he really believes in, in the, the extractions and the therapy for the veterans and for the soldiers, especially the CBDs and extracts, you, you know, there's a lot of extracts where you're not going to get high. And, you know, that's really, you know, everybody thinks, you know, they're, oh, cannabis, marijuana, whatever. There's a lot of ways of using it. You're not going to get high. You're not going to get intoxicated. Uh, you're going to get hopefully medicinally treated. You know, that, that, that's, that's huge. Absolutely huge. You know, that's where I really want to uh, say, hey, like, let's get rid of the schedule one. Let's do it for the veterans, you know, that are committing suicide 22 a day that are on opioids and antidepressants and begging for cannabis. So, you know, let's start there, the opioid alcohol substance abuse program and the Veterans Administration. And, uh, you know, and let's also get, you know, economic cannabis as far as, uh, you know, affordable cannabis for the seniors, for the veterans, for those that need it. And, and let's do it medicinally. As we do it at ComCan, that's what matters. And you know, that's our forte. And that's, you know, what I really want to communicate. Yeah. So normally... Anything else you want, to, you want to talk about, Matthew? Well, normally at the end of the episode, I always ask the same question. And that is, what change would you like to see in the medical cannabis industry? But I feel like you just addressed all of that. I think I nailed that straight on. <laughs> you Get sure did. One. And, uh, you know, that's one thing that, it truly is the only really bipartisan issue. And having worked as a legislative aide in Congress is my first job. You know, I'm like, hey, let's go back to where I started and let's uh, 
do something proper legislatively and let's get rid of the federal schedule one against cannabis and the tax act. And, uh, Let's you know not have borders between states, which is a whole nother dialogue as far as uh, you know what's going on in America, and uh, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, it, it really is. So you know, I always like to you know let's leave with one thing: you know, logic and common sense. And we couldn't have any more logic or or common sense when it comes to this. Absolutely, yeah. The whole intrastate versus interstate laws when it comes to cannabis. So even up and down the West Coast. All the states there, Washington, Oregon, California, they all have not only adult use, but medical use laws, and they can't transfer their product over state lines. Well, not only that, when you have a state that it's illegal and it's next to a state where it's legal, you've got all this. To me, it's almost corrupt a police activity by, you know, just let's pull over everybody that bought cannabis or brought it over the state lines. You know, it, it, it's not a game. And, and it shouldn't be treated as a game. And law enforcement, unfortunately, based on the laws, you know, treats it as a game in, in a lot of places on state lines, on, you know, certain areas where, you know, it's really still very illegal. I mean, you cross into Indiana, my home state, it's still very illegal. You'll get arrested and thrown in jail. And Illinois is recreational right next door. It's all around the country like that, Wisconsin and Illinois also. You could name many, many states, but that's not right. You know, coming, you know, Georgia to Florida, you know, traveling from, you know, where you're having therapy home with your Rick Simpson soil, and you have to cross state lines where it may be a felony for the extraction, you know, like that with THC levels that high in a certain state. And that's not right. And, uh, you know, that's a whole nother dialogue. But again, getting back to the Schedule One and the federal illegal, illegality of, of cannabis, uh, which keeps us from a lot of things. And most importantly, truly understanding the medicine, not anecdotally and with true efficacy. Yeah, that, it's such a huge thing. So there's a number of states that are, are voting this year or the next to have a medical cannabis program within their state, you know, like South Carolina and Kentucky, Alabama, there's a few of them. But the way that the laws are set up, they don't have any experience within that state of growing this medicine. And so they're not going to be able to rely on states like California or Colorado that have had programs for decades now that have real experts in creating high quality medicine. They can't have that medicine come into their state. They might have to start with really low quality medicine to give to their patients. And that's incredibly unfortunate. Or inexperienced or information on what they should be giving them or right. how to extract something properly for a medicine. You know, that's like Eli Lilly was trying to do and, you know, 130 years ago. Yeah, there's there's still so much to learn and so many different ways that we can improve to bring better medicine to the patients. And I think, like you said, being able to change the schedule from one to even changing it to schedule two would make a huge difference. It doesn't matter if it allows it to be medicinal. And as I say, I, hey, let me be the poster child here. It's not anecdotal. Uh, you know, I've got a couple of examples that... Uh, Hey, and many doctors said, hey, Steve, you know, based statistically, you, know, you shouldn't be alive. But I feel pretty darn alive, and I want to be, you know, a lot more alive, you know. 
Yeah, right. you look great. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> so well, just hey, come from what you're coming from, man. You look great. <laughs> well, that's what I'm telling you. You, you got to have the attitude and, uh, you know, nutrition's important, you know, and uh, it just, you know, the right things, the right things in life that, uh, that are important. But uh, it isn't easy. And uh, sometimes, you know, you do need the right medicine. You need the right advice, too. Uh, on how to do that and without having the knowledge and without having the true scientific case studies and, and data and the efficacies of the extractions you know it's hard to give the right advice and as you said in these states that are starting and they haven't done it before where do you get the right advice and uh, again it gets back to let's let's tear down the walls between these states if we are the united states and everybody in everybody state is very pro cannabis, uh, you know, nationally. It's, uh, I mean, if you ask, I'm sure it's in the 80 plus percentile of people that feel it should be medicinally legal. And, uh, hey, so what are we waiting for? That's, that's, that's what I want to get accomplished. And, uh, it's been great talking to you, Matt. I, I just, uh, you know, I feel so cooped up, as many people do, but, uh, it's really just nice to be able to get out there and uh, communicate to others as well. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm extremely grateful that you're healthy and that you're able to be on the show and been looking forward to it for, for quite some time. So <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> hey, well, now is the time. So uh, let's take this day one forward, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Steve. And uh, we'll, we'll just keep praying for your continued betterment. Well, we'll be, we'll be our, I'll be all right if I can, uh, you know, help others. And, uh, Hey, you know, we're, we're in Delray beach, Florida, Comcan. And, uh, you know, we, uh, like, you know, I really pride Dr. Davis on, on what he's done and, and uh, where we are, you know, in the last few years and, uh, in our own, you know, testimonials and through patients and real medicine. So, uh, yeah, I'll make sure to put. I'll make sure to link to uh, link to the Comcan website and the show notes. So if there's any folks listening right. to this in Florida, they can come check you out there. Uh, and... Send them the Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> send them the Zoom. All right, it's okay. I like it. Okay, right. I really appreciate it. Thanks All right, so have a great day, uh, and uh, everybody out there. Uh, hey, just keep up the attitude. You know, we're all here together. So. Uh, Thanks again for everything. It's good to be here. Good to see. Good to have you, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Man, it's just so amazing to hear stories like that, and we hear them all the time. Somebody gets cancer and they start using cannabis. Not only does it help alleviate so much of the damage that's caused by chemotherapy, but it also seems to help them recover in the process of being cancer-free. Steve's story is amazing. I'm so grateful that I get to know him and get to have him on the show. And then right after he's cancer-free, he gets hammered with COVID, a month of crazy fluctuating fevers and pneumonia and... Once again, cannabis helped him feel better and 
get his way through that COVID diagnosis also. It's incredible. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, make sure you go over to Apple or Stitcher and leave a review. Let me know what's up. Let me know what you're feeling. And you can also email me, Matthew at edgeofcannabismedicine.com. And until next time, folks, be well and find joy however you can. This Edge of Cannabis Medicine podcast is copyright EM2P2 Inc. 2020. All rights reserved. Podcast use and availability is governed by terms and disclaimers available at edgeofcannabismedicine.com forward slash terms. I'm your host, Matthew Myro, and thank you for listening. <laughs>